And welcome to Tales to Wales, the pod that never fails to educate, enthrall, enlighten, and enlarge your brain on all things Welsh history. And sometimes, with a little chuckle thrown into the mix, with a little bit of giggle here and there, <laughs> uh, I'm joined by my uh, dearest, simplest little boy. <laughs> the simplest of my friends. Yeah, yes. Simple Jack. Oh, simple Jack. <laughs> just caught, uh, conjuring memories of Tropic Thunder there. <laughs> yeah. It was simple based on Jack. you. Oh, good one, yeah. yeah I, I thought about this part in my head, movies. <laughs> <laughs> My friend, uh, so our mutual friend Sean, who is such an odd man, um, he said mm. last. I texted him the day because he's obsessed with Jaws, um, and there was oh, like a Twitter shit, thread. There was a big Twitter thread on Jaws, and he went, "Oh, cheers, mate! I'll have a sit down and read this." And then about two hours later, he texted me saying, "Really enjoyed that, thanks." And then I said, um, <laughs> "Then he said to me, I was telling my wife a few days ago that uh, when I was in school, I was used to watch it every day, and I could recite it in my head. So then I used to watch it in my head in bed, and my parents would be like, Sean, are you sleeping? Are you watching Jaws in your head?' <laughs> <laughs> Such a lunatic, that boy. Such an odd man. Yesterday, like, for the." Uh... For the listeners, we we had a couple of drinks yesterday. Might have been had some grub, a few of us, my mates and partners and whatever. And it was a sort of a mixed uh, table of um, boys and girls. Obviously, the party it wasn't like divided or anything. And then Sean just out of the blue, like one point he said, "Right, well we've had one drink now, so let's just split up into the boys and girls, is it?" And we we're like, "What?" And he went, "I just, you know, we've had one drink like this mixed now, so let's just let's just do, you know, it's going to get all... there eventually." It's so true. We're all sat by our partners, and really in those situations, you wait to gravitation gravitationally get pulled to your boys, and uh, yeah. <laughs> we just said that. But he just was like, "No, right, I'm done. I've had one pint." He'd had enough. He'd had an absolute enough. He's like, "I'll give the girls one pint, one pint's worth of my company." And after that, we're splitting. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. But I love the idea of him just sat in bed with his eyes closed. He's like eating popcorn, oh, yeah. thinking he's watching <laughs> a film. <laughs> oh, watch out, the shark's coming. Absolutely <laughs> demented. Yeah. Like, you know, he's doing the voices. He doesn't realise he's like shouting the voices out yeah. as well. And like, Doors is behind you! We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> Sean, you need to go to sleep. you got school in the morning. I oh, sure, t- Mum's only half hour left. <laughs> I can better turn it down. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, also, Maniac. it's a, a year until I get married today, to this very day. Oh, uh, but a don't tell, don't tell Amy, your partner, because I don't want her to text my mm. partner saying the congratulations, because i just gone out and bought uh, my partner a bunch of presents, so I'm going to win when it comes to who's the oh, most thoughtful. She'd 100% spoil that for yeah. you. Yeah. She'd, <laughs> she'd get in, even though if even if I told her, don't say anything, yeah. though, because Franks wants to be the one, she'd be like, I have to win. I have to be <laughs> yeah. the most thoughtful. But I don't, I'm the most thoughtful. I've got, like, a double mm. thoughtful points. I bought her stuff, she like, things like mugs and stuff with bees on it, because she's from Manchester. Do you know the Manchester symbols a worker bee she's obsessed with bees so my whole house is just is covered it? in bees yeah. yeah 
yeah. But madness. it's also, quite why the other day when we we, we saw the beehives, yeah. you were like, I'm a bloody loves bees. I didn't <laughs> dig into it and I just sort of took that as a statement. Yeah. <laughs> what a mad thing to say. Well, we went to go see the beehives. Follow oh, me we didn't to the go beehive. see them. They just happened to be there on our, <laughs> on our travels. Also, this is our first episode since we've gained a much stronger following on social media. So oh, yes. <laughs> this will be the first thing they hear for the new episodes. <laughs> Those yeah, boring ramblings. For the next um, the next review going they're just fucking banged on about bees and shit yeah. rubbish it was really boring um, uh, I was going to mention as well uh, have we got anything have we got anything I'm just checking my notes oh I did ask that guy if he calls anything else uh, piss you know that guy we mentioned last oh, week oh yeah the, the, who calls the piss, piss monkey bis- boy yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he calls them piss biscuits and um, he calls them the, the, the urinal cakes piss biscuits and he, what else did he call piss? piss uh, it was um, lemon juice. He called lemon, lemon juice, piss. lemon piss. Yeah, I asked him. I tried thought. to coax it out of him. I said, "Is there anything else you you like to describe as piss?" And he went, "Oh, I sometimes call vinegar sour piss seasoning." <laughs> but, oh, <laughs> yeah. but I think, yeah, I don't know if that's just him ad libbing because he knew I was enjoying it. I, I reckon he's he's um, heard the pod and he was like, <laughs> "I need another mention." I got up my game a little bit. Sour um, piss seasoning. So enough about piss, boys. Should we read out uh, a review to see to to uh, reward our loyal fans? Yes, this is a, a fairly short one, and yeah. it's from uh, Tom one seven eight six three five two. All the so other a Toms very are unique taken. surname. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The first, I'm not going to count that out again. No, but just didn't like the podcast. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he said, title is great podcast. It's always good. Five Ooh. stars. Top history and top banter to accompany it. <laughs> Worthy of a listen for anyone who has ears to do so. <laughs> so there you are, guys. If you got a pair of ears, <laughs> yeah. strap so us in and give not, us a listen. We've not catered to the uh, to the Braille community, so apologies. For <laughs> no, the, oh, yeah, the bra- maybe the deaf community, not the Braille. Community. I was going to say the Braille. I think you mean deaf, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, deaf yeah. people apparently don't yeah. even bother, according to Tom. But um, no. you know, yeah. if you are, I mean. I was just about to say, if you are deaf, we still encourage you seeing it. How, how would we? I don't know. Uh, we could oh, get YouTube. someone to YouTube. Transcribes on YouTube. Trans- oh, there go. cross-pollination of our content as well there. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, another market. Yeah. What does cornered. top... I love it. What does top history mean? <laughs> top history. I mean, there is only one kind, I assume, isn't there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this like, is top maybe history. Maybe it just means the subject matter is good, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'll or take top a shelf. Top shelf history, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dirty perverts. Um, oh well, cheers, Tom. So oh one seven nine two. Top man. Thanks, um, mate. Yeah, one seven eight six for three five two. Yeah. Maybe shorten that in future, just for <laughs> future reviews when we're reading you out. But thanks, yeah. Tom. Thanks, Tom. Mate. One. Um, have you got anything? How's your week been? What anything new with you? Your little rat bag. No, nothing major. I did write down um, uh, a little thing. I don't know what came to my head the other day. I was thinking about um, how mad like teachers used to be when we were growing up, and how oh, yeah. a lot of them would be sort of sacked today in like today's social media generation or they'd be filmed on TikTok or something <laughs> like that. Social media viral. generation. Yeah. You sound I sound so like old. I sound like I'm 50. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, 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 you'll know one of these, right? And I'll get onto that. But one of them was um, when I was in primary school, there was a teacher called Mrs. Cross. Yeah, and oh. boy, was she cross. I can tell you that now. <laughs> she was always very angry. 
Um, she looked like. Uh, do you know the film Witches? Roald Dahl's Witches. Yeah, fucking brilliant film. You, you know, you know when it's, it's so really, scary. Uh, it's just give me nightmares as yeah. a kid. But she looked like the when she transforms into the witch, mm. she looks a bit like that. She looked a bit like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think terrifying. maybe it, that sort of resonated, brought up the witches scenes in my head. Yeah. So I probably was more scared of her. And um, she used to like nuggie you, like give you like, mini <laughs> nuggies on the head. And she'd go, whether it was good or bad, if you were naughty, she'd do it. And it was like not quite a full, like full knuckled nuggie, but it was just with <laughs> one knuckle. And she'd like dig into your scalp. It was really, really painful. And um, she'd do it for your bad, but also. If you were good, she called you a scholar. Oh, teen scholar. So you're a scholar for the uh, non-Welsh speaking. But she'd still do it. She'd nuggy you and go, oh, you're a scholar. And you're like, well, I'm not going to be if you fucking start pushing the soft part of my head in. Is that why you've got a ball patch now? From <laughs> yeah, she got me um, either side of my uh, my fringe and just <laughs> destroyed the hair follicles. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and it's like, she, she did it one time to someone. <coughs> I felt sorry for the poor fucker because she asked him, in, in assembly one time, uh, what was the purpose of the wind? And we were like in what? year three. He's like, what sort of fucking abstract <laughs> Philosophical. question is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. She, he didn't know, so he was like... Well, I don't like, know. Tops in and nuggies. Well, the, answer, the correct answer was to blow the seeds around the world. Oh. And I was like, no one was going to... No one in year three is going to fucking get that. And that's just, the, that's just the, the, the consequences of the wind. The wind might itself just be huffing and puffing about yeah, on its own as, village. It's not its purpose. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I wish had I had this sort of uh, vocabulary to <laughs> yeah. give that argument back then, and I get, get fucking <laughs> nuggied for my trouble. Yeah, fucking, <laughs> fucking, she'd do, she'd get like a <laughs> stone cold Steve Austin you instead. Um, we had a teacher <laughs> yeah. who, she, who I I hope is now dead because she was horrible back then. She was called Miss. <laughs> I mean, I won't. I'll, I'll just call her Dick. <laughs> no, Miss Horrid. <laughs> Mrs. Dick. Mrs. Dick. All right, Mrs. Dick. She once lined up the class. We were in year two, so like fucking six years old or whatever. She lined mm. us up and said, she made us line up on a good boy or girl side and a bad boy or girl side. So she went, okay, Jess, you're a good girl. Uh, Tom, you're a good boy. Me, of course, I was a bad boy. Bad to the boy. bone, baby. <laughs> Cried my <laughs> eyes out. Because it was just like four of us or five of us just sat on this other side of the room and just classed as bad boys. Like, we're fucking like six. Segregated. Uh, yeah. And one time she took my pencil off me and she tried to throw it, but she stabbed it into my leg. And uh, I thought I was going to get oh, lead yeah. poisoning. And a little oh, rat yeah. by. Yeah. So, Classic. yeah. F- fuck. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Those are two pretty extreme examples. I think <laughs> yeah. the stabbing in the leg, yeah. that would be all over TikTok. Um, the other one I was going to mention <laughs> was uh, one that you know about as well. We had a, a teacher in our school when we were in um, uh, secondary school called Mr. Mm. I'll beep that out actually. <laughs> yeah, because um, you'd fucking yeah. batter us. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'm scared. I'm getting the sweats just thinking about it. Um, but he was a very stressy guy. Like he fucking, was a bald he was, guy. Yeah. Every whenever he used to get angry, he'd go so red, like beat red. Mm. He looked like he was gonna, you know, like on cartoons where the steam comes out of your ears and they whistle like a kettle. <laughs> <laughs> looked like he looked like he was gonna do that. And um, I wasn't privy to this uh, in real life, but it spread through the school like wildfire. I think you were in the class at this time. Mm. Where he called, like I think you guys had done bad on like your mock exams yeah. or something, and he yeah. called you all a bunch of spoon. Fed Molly coddled pufters. <laughs> yeah, he slapped his ruler down in front of me, and uh, mm. <laughs> and I had one of the really naughty boys sat next to me, and when he whiffed, whispered in my ears, he went spoon fed Molly coddled like that, and then the teacher <laughs> yeah. grabbed him and threw him out of the class. But yeah, he called us pufters. Yeah. Spoon fed Molly coddled is bad enough, but yeah, pufters—that's <laughs> definitely a sackable offence. Yeah, he he then also thre- uh, tried to have a fight with one of the kids in our year, and 
one of the oh, kids yeah. in our year, and we were in about year 11, and Iss went outside, and he gave me his mug, and went, Frank's hold this, and I had to hold his mug while he squared <laughs> up to a kid. It was fucking... When he came back, we were like, oh, little, look at his little goblet hole yeah, over yeah. there, Alan Frank's, <laughs> yeah. his little safe. Yeah. Do not dead name me on this show. Um, <laughs> yeah, <sorry>. yeah. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he really... Yeah, I did feel a bit like uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones. Do you know that little that guy they make drink all the wine, and he, he's like the they, they funnel it down. Oh, so Dantas Hollard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just praying for my life that Mister Beep didn't kill me. He's a fucking yeah. beast. Well, talking oh, yeah. of uh, brutes case. from history, um, should we mm. go on to today's episode? Where I suppose she's not the brute; she's the defender against the brutes. Although you might yes. correct me because I've not done the research this week, but yeah, we're going to cover. <laughs> could, could be completely wrong for you all, you know. <laughs> Queen but, yeah. of the Britons, uh, Boudicca. Yes. So today's episode is uh, about the wonderful Boudicca. Today we're we're going to continue the kind of Celtic theme we've had going for the last couple of episodes. So we've talked about Celtic life, talked about Caradog, aka Caraticus the Celtic chieftain that led the Catavallani and the Cilia tribes against uh, the Romans. And today we're going to chat about possibly the most famous Celtic leader, I'd say, uh, Boudicca, queen of the Iceni tribe. So I've been calling it the Iceni tribe, but mm-hmm. it's come to my attention that it's pronounced <laughs> Iceni. So uh, it seems a bit modern to me. See, I was yeah. using the, uh, the C um, as, as a K, like yeah. in Welsh, because that's yeah. like a Celtic language. And it seems quite modern to have it as an S sound or yeah. very like English sounding. But anyway, I'll uh, I'll try and say it right, the I C N I. But it's sort of, you know when it's just stuck in your head yeah. is the way you've been saying it. So if I say I Kenny or whatever, yeah. just you know be be kind to listen and, and let me <laughs> off for it. Yeah. Yeah. So Boudicca's name comes from the uh, Britonic language, uh, Boudi meaning victory, and Car being the suffix that denoted being female so a modern translation of the name would be something like uh, victorious woman oh yeah and it's worth mentioning that Boudicca wasn't her actual name uh we don't know what her actual name was she was just called Boudicca as kind of like a title given to her once she started gathering in a following um in the sort of rebellion and that's what she uh, the romans named her as well uh well they just followed suit basically from the what the celts had dubbed her um so she was known as uh, Boudicca in latin uh Bivig in welsh uh, and led an uprising against the Roman Empire in 60 or 61 AD. They're not too sure. Uh, and I'm about to go through the sort of lead up to the uprising and then what happened when they engaged the Romans, as well as a little tiny bit of the aftermath as well and sort of what it set up. We'll start, as you guessed it, uh, at the start. Uh, Boudicca was queen of the Iceni tribe in an area that encompassed modern-day Norfolk and parts of Suffolk and Cambridgeshire. Uh, the Iceni were a significant power in, the, in Celtic Britain, and she ruled the area alongside her husband, King Prasutagus, which I'm going to probably mispronounce all the way through this. Um, oh, it's worth noting as well. I know she didn't come from Wales, but because she's Celtic, we're Celtic. Yeah. We've we sort of we've t- we've claimed her. She's ours. Yeah. And doesn't she? This um, might be a spoiler, but th- she does spend time in North Wales. Uh, yes, I haven't covered um, a lot of that, cool. uh, or I've maybe not even any of it, um, because I couldn't find it in a. Uh, anything that linked basically i couldn't find where it was in her story like where chronologically yeah. it was placed but so uh, there was if, a period in her life not really i just read uh, there's a period mm. in her life where she used north wales as a refuge because it's so because uh, the terrain was so wooded and less conquered by you know uh, the romans it was her place of refuge during i'm not yeah, sure when she, either before it or was after. um 
it was significant uh, enough for because one it's, it's um, suggested that uh, North Wales is uh, one of the possible burial sites as well oh, for that cool. reason because she, it was sort of significant to her. But I actually know where anyway. I know where she got buried. I thought it was uh, it was hotly debated because oh, some people would say it's under um, it's under platform ten in bloody yeah, King's Cross station. Yeah, but they um, found a chariot there, or is that just yeah? Debate? I, I mean, that would suggest that because they used to be buried with the chariots and stuff. But yeah, um, yeah what I could find, th- there was no definitive. They said it's still contested. Yeah. I don't know. Well, no, they haven't found a body anyway. Yeah, well, we'll make our own up by the end of this. Yeah, we'll we'll sort it. Yeah, we'll yeah. put them to rights. <laughs> so. Um, so shortly after the Roman invasion in 43 AD, King Prastutagus, I'm going to keep saying that slowly so I don't fuck it up, uh, was one of the 11 Celtic kings to surrender to the Romans, a move that would allow him to keep his kingdom essentially independent from Rome and its culture and laws as an ally. If you listen to the Celtic Wales episode, you might remember that Celts back then had an inheritance practice called Kavran, meaning all your children, whether male or female, uh, split your lands, titles and property equally on your death. So to show good faith to these new Roman overlords, Prostutigus promised that his kingdom would be split between his two daughters and the emperor of Rome at the time, Claudius, upon his death. So Prostutigus enjoyed the benefits of having Rome as an ally and lived a comfortable and prosperous life until his death in about 60-61 AD. The Romans, seeing this as a chance to claw up land from beneath the Celts, ignored the king's wishes and annexed the land and property of the Iceni for himself. I see not even, sorry. They did this with um, Caradog as well, didn't they? Yeah, same move, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Caradog was, what, about 20 years before this one? Okay. It, near enough. But yeah, this is, this is a classic ro- sneaky Roman move. So not content with this betrayal, the governor of Britannia at the time, Suetonius Paulinus, also had Queen Boudicca flogged and her daughters raped. Other Iceni chiefs and their families would suffer similarly, with Celtic families in the area reduced to slaves. Why, why was he um, doing I this? Do, uh, it's just like to... I don't know. So in obedience, I guess. So they already oh, so that, the land. That's a Roman guy, protesters. is it? Yes, Suetonius Paulinus uh, was the governor of Britannia at the time. Oh, governor. Um, I thought you said, like, king. Sorry, yeah. my bad, my bad. Oh, no, sorry. Um, I also would wonder with this, though. Wouldn't it be lovely to live in a world where if someone ordered you to rape someone, that everyone would just go, no, I don't yeah. really want to rape anyone? Yeah, that sounds <laughs> a know? bit horrible, what actually, sort of, mate. Do they have, like, um, like, is there, you know, you have, like, designated executioner? Yeah, I think like what happens rapist, is, <laughs> is they do this with like with, with like modern day wars and stuff. You feel kind of you lose a sense when you become a part of an army. You don't feel the same kind of moral obligations because you're part of a unit. And then if everyone else around you is yeah. doing it, there's kind of like mob mentality. It's just it, it's yeah. humans act very differently. There's loads of studies to show humans act incredibly differently under uh, a sense of uh, moral, when you're not, like individually responsible. Yeah, sort of thing, yeah. yeah. When when you can when you no longer have to shirk when you can shirk morals and you have them you don't have the individual guilt. Yeah, either way, it's pretty fucked up. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't dwell too much on the, the grimness of the, the yeah. Roman tactics here. So um, anyway, the Roman historian Cassius Dio also wrote that previous donations from the Romans to influential Britonic leaders were confiscated and that the Roman fan- financier at the time called in repayments for loans that he'd essentially forced on the Britons. So not only did was this like horrendous act done to uh, Boudicca daughters and like the Iceni chief, uh, chiefs and families, but also all around Britain, uh, they decided to call in all the loans that he essentially forced them to take. So it was a real physical and financial sort of blow to uh, to Britain as a whole as well as 
personally to Boudicca. So not long after this, the Romans were uh, assaulting what was then called the island of Mona, today known as Anglesey, which was a place of spiritual significance for the Celts and a stronghold of Druids. And we call it Anismon in Welsh. Anismon, yeah, that's where, um, that's a good point, actually. That's probably where we get the name from. And while the larger Roman force was in Wales, or Cambria, as the Romans called it, uh, the Iceni conspired with their neighbours, the Trinovantes, and a handful of smaller tribes, and rose in revolt. This drew Suetonius back from Wales. According to other Roman historian, Tacitus, Boudicca would let a hair loose at the outset of a revolt and interpret the way it ran to inform a decision and tactics. Supposedly this was a form of divination from the Iceni god of victory, Andraster. But that's just uh, what Tacitus wrote. No one knows if that's for real or not. Yeah. And he did have a... Um, him and that Cassius Dio had a tendency to paint um, Rome, enemies of Rome as like, you know, savages or like yeah. pagans and whatever. Yeah. So... The rebels' first attack, uh, Camulodunum, modern-day Colchester, which was the capital of the Trinovantes tribe before the Romans took control of it. Uh, the capital had been made into a colony for Roman military veterans that had been accused of mistreating the native Celts. So this, along with the construction of a large temple in Emperor Claudius's honour, made Camulodunum uh, a place of big resentment for the Britons. So yeah. it was basically a, a concentration of loads of Romans that had... Big um, cunt being cunts to, to Celts, yeah. yeah. So a Roman commander, Quintus Petilius Cerealis, led a legion, the Ninth Hispana, against Boudicca's forces, but was soundly defeated, having every infantryman at his command killed, leaving only himself and a handful of cavalrymen to survive the battle. So just to give you some scale of that fight, a legion in ancient Rome would consist of 5,200 infantry and 300 cavalry. So that was quite the hefty defeat for uh, for old Quintus there if every single man was slaughtered, and I think it was a handful of cavalry and himself, the only ones that survived. So go the on, Roman girls. inhabitants... Yeah, go on, Gil. The Roman inhabitants of the city begged for reinforcements, but the pr- procurator, Cactus, Deci- Cactus Decianus, uh, sent only 200 auxiliary troops. So that was a real big fuck you. Considering the force that Boudicca just wiped out, you know, 5,000 plus, he was basically just sending those 200 auxiliary troops to their death. Because, as you've mentioned before, auxiliaries were just the... They were less trained, less armoured, less well-equipped. Like, sort of, backup soldiers of Rome. So, there was almost no point sending them. Just send them to slaughter, essentially. In any case, uh, Boudicca and her troops stormed the city, besieging the temple for two days before it fell. The army then, quote, methodically demolished the city. So, like, literally scorched earth kind of tactics. When the governor, Suetonius, heard of the rebellion, he hurried to Londinium... No points for guessing that that's modern day London, uh, which at the time was thriving uh, was a thriving trading centre, housing a population of traders and Roman officials. Knowing the numbers he had, couldn't face Boudicca and her army, and anxious after the defeat of the Ninth Hispana Legion, he made the decision to sacrifice Londinium and withdraw his troops. The wealthy and able-bodied were left with Suetonius and his men, but those unable to leave, the elderly or infirm, were left to the mercy of the Celts, which was in very short supply. Boudicca and her army torched Londinium, killing any Roman citizen that had not evacuated. Archaeologists found that pottery and coins dating before 60 AD in and around the old Londinium borders had thick layers of red and burnt debris covering them. So that's their sort of backup for yeah, uh, the evidence that they basically tor- torched the whole city. Yeah, Burn it! Burn the it to the ground! Bur- burn it to the ground! Burn it. burn it! I'm assuming it was like that. Burn it! Anyway, the uh, the next target of the Celtic rage would be, I'm going to say this wrong, I'm sure, Verulamium, Verulamium, 
modern day synth albums, basically. So Where's there's that? not much Scotland. archaeological. Uh, no, it's uh, it's just north of where London is now, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. Out, so. See, uh, okay. I'll just goggle yeah, it. Albums. It's, it sounds like um, Scotland, doesn't it, with yeah. Alba albums? Hertfordshire. Um, Hertfordshire. Uh, Hertfordshire. So there's not much archaeological evidence about this one, apart from the fact that it was another Roman settlement, and that too was burnt to the ground. But both Cassius Dio and Tacitus both estimated that the Celts, at this point, had killed around 80,000 Romans uh, in the three attacks. And apparently had zero interest in taking prisoners, killing any Roman they came across by fire, cross, or gibbet. And if you don't know what a gibbet is, like I didn't, uh, you've probably seen them before. They're like gallows, basically. Um, yeah. And you just you you you'd hang people for from them, or you'd hang dead bodies to like um, ward off attackers, or you know show them how fucked up your sort of revenge was. Um, according to Cassius Dio, they did all this to quote to the accompaniment of sacrifices, banquets, and wanton behaviour. So, yeah, lots of wanton behaviour by Boudicca and her boys and girls. But, um, as I said before, you know, got to take anything these Roman historians say with a bit of a pinch yeah. of salt because, uh, you know, the... They want to portray them as the right the history books. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. While the Britons continued their destruction, Suetonius regrouped his forces and managed to amass an army of 10,000 men, including his own legion, the 14th Gemina, detachments from the 20th Valeria Victrix and any auxiliaries he could get his hands on. In a location that remains unidentified to this day, Suetonius made a stand in a defile, which is a narrow pass between hills or plains. I had to look at what a defile was as well. Um, this location proved to be pivotal in the battle, having a woodland at his rear and an open plain at the army's front. The sides of the defile protected the Roman army from the flanks. The woodlands to the rear made it almost impossible to be attacked from behind, and the open plain in front of them meant Boudicca couldn't use the element of surprise. The Romans wrote that Boudicca's army uh, now had between 230 and 300,000 men. Fuck. Um, oh, sorry, that's men and women. That's the size um, of Cardiff. Although, yeah, although modern historians suggest that they treat these numbers with healthy scepticism, because oh, if you had fucking shit tactics... Modern historians always trying to piss on the day. I uh, know. Even if you had shit tactics, though, they would have won this fight, wouldn't they? If you think about it, ten thousand yeah. versus even two hundred thirty thousand. Even if you were just yeah. throwing your fucking troops at a, a brick wall, yeah. you'd eventually, you'd eventually win. So I'm inclined to think it wasn't quite that big, and it was also maybe inflated to make the Romans look better. Yeah. Um, Cassius Dio did say though uh, that quote, even if they were lined up one deep, they would not have extended the length of Boudicca's line. So it is safe to say that the Celts outnumbered them by a fair margin, even if it wasn't quite that big. So it's worth noting as well that uh, Roman conquered settlements in Britain were forced to give up their weapons and battle armour. So Boudicca's army would have been poorly equipped, especially compared to the Roman legions they were facing. So when t because they were, a lot of these, um, the rebels, were from uh, the Iceni tribe and neighbouring ones who yeah. were allies of Rome for a bit, they had been forced to give up their armour, equipment and weapons and all that uh, while they were sort of under Roman rule so they would only have what weapons they could kind of scramble together so they would be you know uh, vastly uh, ill-equipped to sort of deal with the Romans there is a pretty cool, cool battle speech recorded but it uh, it was an imagined thing that that historian Tacitus yeah. um, wrote after the fact but I, I'll, I'll read it if you want um, I was yeah. debating leaving it out because she didn't actually say it but it is quite cool so I'll read this out now in my best voice if I can and I'll try not to fuck it up throughout is not as a woman descended from noble ancestry, but as one of the people that I am avenging lost freedom. My scourged body, the outraged chastity of my daughters, 
Roman lust has gone so far that not our very persons, or even age or virginity, are left unpolluted. But heaven is on the side of a righteous vengeance, a legion which dared to fight has perished. The rest are hiding themselves in their camp, or are thinking anxiously of flight. They will not sustain even the din and the shout of so many thousands, much less our charge and our blows. If you weigh well the strength of the armies and the causes of war, you will see that in this battle you must conquer or die. This is a woman's resolve. As for men, they may live and be slaves. So, so I, I think I, I, I know you said that on. he wrote that. I think what mm. he does is he paraphrases what they say at the time, because he did that with Caradog. Um, unless I'm wrong with that, but because uh, it seems an odd thing to to say that so anti-Roman, and it's like it, yeah, and especially if you see um, I haven't bothered doing it here, but he also did one of his. Uh, in quotations, imagined speeches that the um, that that Suetonius, the British uh, British governor, said to his army before this battle as well, and it is very kind of like flat and lackluster. It's nowhere near as like yeah. unless um, he's doing it to make them um, make make their victory sound even better because they beat this person who did this amazing speech. Yeah, I think there's an element of that. I mean, from what I can say, there's some people say that that yeah, like you said, he just reimagined what was said. Yeah. Others have said that it is just he likes to make a story. You yeah, know, I suppose a story yeah. grand. Yeah, because I think it's probably made... a bit of column A, a bit of column B, to be honest. Yeah. But um, it's a cool, it's a cool speech anyway. So take it as you will. I think if you think that she said that, that I think that's perfectly fine. She probably would have said something along yeah. those lines. <laughs> she wouldn't just quietly <laughs> shuffle into war. Oh, <laughs> should, we, should we get to her then, boys <laughs> and girls? Is this? Just... <laughs> Are you doing oh. that? Because like, I was going to if you were. Uh, basically, yeah, right? I won't know. I won't, nah. I won't step on your toes. Though, <laughs> no, I don't want to be like fucking put my head up a parapet. Like, you just fucking know, like, they're yeah. being pricks, I'm isn't no they? more special than any of <laughs> you boys, right? Yeah, so you fancy it or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I will do it, is it? Oh, okay. oh go, on, really oh, go on, then. Sense, go, on yeah. then. go on, then. Yeah. All right, off we go. Come on, then, lads. I'll wing it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> One th- oh, another thing that I was going to mention that we both found um, online, or rather you showed me, was that uh, someone online said that uh, Boudicca's war cry was uh, a guir an erbin abid, which is uh, Welsh for truth against the world. But this, uh, although this was like some comment on a website, I couldn't really find it backed up anywhere else. So I don't know if that's just bullshit or, or like a sort of imagined thing yeah. as well. It also sounds like but, a griffery um, song. Like uh, from the super fairy yeah. animals, <laughs> a queen and a yeah. Oh, the thing is, she got up right on her on her chariot, and she just started yeah. belting out Amal heat, <laughs> and like they all just started belting it together. And they amazing. were loving it, yeah. And they, it, was, it was so cool, man. Even the Romans were like getting involved. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, um, so when it came to the actual battle, the uh, the Romans peppered the Celts with their javelins as they approached. Boudicca's army would uh, have little to no armour at this point as well, as I mentioned, and they'd be quite tightly packed in, considering the numbers. So it'd be like sort of shooting fish in a barrel for the Romans. Um, it's actually, I f- saw a few sources saying that although they definitely would have outnumbered the Romans, their numbers might have been a bit of a disadvantage because they would have been like tightly packed because they couldn't go from the flanks or anything like that. They were sort of in, uh, they had to run through this plain. Yeah. They wouldn't have had, uh, you know, like how in, uh, again, Total War, you, if people are shooting um, arrows at you, go sort of loose formation. Yeah, they wouldn't have had the space to do that, so they'd yeah. have been sort of running as a wall of like angry Celts at you. You threw, flung a javelin their way, you're going to hit, gonna something, hit someone. Yeah, exactly. So once the Roman missiles had been exhausted, they pushed forward in a wedge formation. The biggest advantage the Romans had over basically all their enemies was their discipline in battle, and this fight was no different against a much larger but very disorganized Celtic force. 
The Romans were racking up the kills in close quarters, and their cavalry was shredding through the Celtic flanks with their lances. Before long, the bodies were piled high enough that the Celts decided to retreat, but relatively few of them managed to escape. Those that did were shown no mercy. Men, women, and even the baggage animals that came with them were all put to the sword. The Romans said around 80,000 Britons were killed, and 400 Romans died at the battle, with another 400-odd injured as well. This is what makes me think that they couldn't really have had... The Celts now couldn't really have had two thirty thousand to three hundred thousand soldiers because Ooh. even if they'd slaughtered eighty thousand, you'd have, still have one hundred and fifty thousand men and women left yeah, to throw I at them. Even if you're going off the smaller est- estimation, yeah, if they all dressed like the fucking Tin Man from Wizard of Oz and you're dressing your fucking, you got your ghoulies hanging out, it would be quite. And you got mm. the fucking, you got your your spoon from dinner as your weapon. It might be pretty hard to. To penetrate. <laughs> yeah. And also, I'm saying this, oh, come on, you could just throw another 150,000 at him. <laughs> yeah. Not being a terrified man, yeah. shitting himself, realizing like, all my so comrades many. being fucking slaughtered. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the the two historians then that I've mentioned, Cassius Dio and Tacitus, they both have different accounts on what happened to Boudicca. So, Tacitus says that she poisoned herself rather than be taken prisoner by the Romans, knowing full well what they do to prisoners. Uh, whereas Cassius says that she fell ill and died shortly after the battle due to a wound. So in both accounts, they both say that uh, she was given a very lavish burial, which I imagine she would do, because like, like I've said in the Celtic one, Celts really appreciated you know big acts of valour and things like that, so she would have had a big uh, funeral or burial. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I suppose both could be possible. I prefer to think that she got injured and then died of like, you know, uh, an infection or something than poisoning <laughs> you- herself. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't think she'd, uh, as much as she wouldn't want to be taken prisoner, I, I could imagine her being so sort of stalwart. In yeah. So how many victories like did she, she have before this one? They, they took this uh, well, she London. Uh, sacked London, sacked Colchester, sacked St. Albans. Um, she beat the Hispana Legion um, soundly. Um, and then this was like the next big battle. I've no yeah. doubt that there was skirmishes all the way through, sort yeah. of thing. But these are the the sort of uh, notable battles. And how long and did it was it go on for? Uh, f- only the year, I'm pretty that's sure. Wild, she, isn't um, it? Yeah, um, yeah, that's it. It's just over the year. Well, it's either sixty or sixty-one. Did I say? Yeah, AD. Um, but yeah, it was just a yeah, a very quick fire rebellion. But I suppose lot that if you're going for ages, like a prolonged, a protracted thing. You end up losing momentum anyway, yeah. you, sort of things. Like even the yeah. Ciliars, although they um, went on for years and years and years, it's just a, it wasn't like an good. effective rebellion, was it? It was just a, being a thorn in the side. Yeah, um, they. So do you know, like how I think we mentioned it last week with Caradog, how different mm. uh, Celtic life and furnishings and um, society looked compared to Rome in terms of mm. like how it physically looked, like how stunning Roman. Uh, marble arches are and stuff and how yeah. all, all that thing is imagine when they got to Rome, uh, to london and they were like fucking hell look at this i've been in a mud hut for fucking years and you've got this <laughs> yeah. like grand buildings all over the shop because they just found like last week it was like a brand new piece of uh, uh what's that shit when they put little bits together to make like a nice picture a mosaic <laughs> they, Amazing, they, yeah. they just found a mosaic um in the what do you call it a mosaic yeah 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you told it to me. What do you think I said? I don't know. I think it went Mizzou. He said like Rocky. Mizzou. Uh, he said yeah. like Rocky for uh, Sylvester Stallone. It was a Mizzou. Yeah. Yo, fuck hey, Mizzou, hey. <laughs> Just take it down for Mizzou, yeah? Yeah, fuck it, Mizzou, man. Yeah, he sounds like a drunk guy in Cardiff. Hey, fucking hell, bet. You fucking off your head. You are, Polly. You are, fucker. Because, yeah, like all of that, it's all beautiful and well uh, kept, and it's all. So, do you reckon when they got mm. to London, they just like, well, let's just fucking live here? This is class. I just, I wouldn't have bothered well, going any further. Like you said, yeah, they're going, look at these amazing buildings. The most burn, it, burn, the it, burn, it. burn it all to the fucking <laughs> ground. Let's go back to living in our mud huts, all right? Why change yeah. something yeah. we've done for a thousand years? Yeah, I think yeah, I'd have liked um, to be a Celt living in, living in my squalor. Oh yeah, you'd have, been, you'd have been the one going. Well, can't we just live here? It's much nicer than our place. No, burn it down and go back to the hut. That's what I say. Yeah. Um, anyway, so oh, go on. I was just going to say. So yeah, her link to being Welsh just uh, is is because she was a Celt, and the Celts got pushed further and further west, didn't they? And I think they do. They yeah, do talk about um, having refuge in Wales. Like I said, I did try and find sort of a um, when she was taking refuge in. North Wales, but um, yeah. I couldn't find where it was in like the sort of chrono- chronology, so I just left it out. But yeah, if people want to do further reading, crack, yeah. crack on. Um, but yeah, she's got, um, I think the way, like I said earlier, Welsh people sort of kind of cl- uh, claim her because of the Celtic, the Celtic heritage between the two, even though she wasn't technically from Wales, but neither was Caradog, mind. But we still, you know, we still considered a, a great Welsh Celtic leader. Yeah. So, um, it was said that had Boudicca and her army been victorious, it would have forced the Emperor Nero to abandon Britain. But with the revolt being brought to an end, the occupation of the Celtic lands continued. So we were this close to backing the Romans off, basically. If, yeah. if, if Boudicca had won this fight, that would have been the withdrawal of Roman forces from Britain then. I think we say that every Nero week. Would have, <laughs> every yeah, week. <laughs> I, it is just such a, a repeating pattern in, yeah. in Wales' history, or, you know, Celtic history, medieval Wales, whatever you like. You, we get so close to the, yeah. the finish line, and then we always I suppose, trip. I suppose it's getting over the finish line, that's the important thing. It's like in football, that's when it, we say, like, yeah. oh, if we only scored another goal, we won, yeah, but we didn't, so we haven't. Yeah, so a... and um, I was going to quote um, the all-important Fast and Furious franchise, saying, "If you're not first, you're last." That's actually Talladega Nights, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. and it's also <laughs> not—it's yeah. not—it's not true because no, <laughs> you could come second. And I meant, you I meant second. to say, I meant to say, sorry, the one from Fast and Furious. I'm getting my car movies confused. Uh, is it doesn't matter whether you win by an inch or a mile, winning is winning, and oh. that's not nearly as applicable to this scenario. So. <laughs> I revert back to Talladega Nights. If you're not yeah. first, you're last, even though that's not true. Um, <laughs> well, that was a, a very helpful summary. Uh, yeah, summary. So feel free to quote me in your um, <laughs> yeah your your masters. Yeah, your dissertations. And, oh, what's it from? Dissertations. There we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, where was I? Sorry, I got we got sidetracked there. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, the aftermath. So Nero would eventually replace Suetonius with Publius Petronius. Uh, sorry, Publius Petronius Turpilianus, a much softer governor, fearing that Suetonius's heavy-handedness would spark another rebellion. So (laughs) Suetonius won this massive battle for Rome, and then he got fucking fired, basically. (laughs) Uh, But in fairness, he he was the cause of the rebellion in the first place, so you can kind of see why. Um, Boudicca's loss would solidify Roman control in southern Britain, uh, but in 69 AD... Venutius, a king of the Brigantes tribe, would lead another, much less documented revolt in the north. 
which would be the Romans' third major Celtic rebellion in just over 20 years after the Silurian War and the Boudican Revolt. Um, so there's also no historical record of what happened to Boudicca's daughters after the battle, only that they rode in her chariot with her at the battle itself. So there's no real histor- uh, record of what happened to sort of her lineage, if you like. Um, so that's it, really. There we have it. That's the tale of the Boudican Revolt and how the Celts almost sent the Romans pack in. Mm. Uh, Boudicca would get a bit of a revival during the English Renaissance, uh, leading to her fame in the Victorian era. What, and today, they like the heroin the story? Yeah, it's like a sort of, you know, it's a big... Yeah. yeah, it's a epic story, isn't it? Um, and today, her and her daughters are immortalised in a statue in London on the north side of Westminster Bridge. And I did thought, think about that. Like, is it maybe a bit in bad taste to put her in a statue of her in London? In, kind of from both ends as well, because London was, uh, for to her at the time, would be a, in, symbol uh, of... a site of big resentment, you know, yeah. because it was a symbol of Roman control. And also, she slaughtered and killed everyone that was left <laughs> in London. So, if like, she, if she came back to life now, she'd fucking burn her statue down. She'd, she'd burn it all down. This is, this is lovely. This I'm is not what I wanted down. at all, guys. Yeah. Oh, Why I... is my statue here? <laughs> you really I really understood me. Yeah, uh, that moves me on to my next one. Actually, I, I've seen in my research I was doing um, so many like these are like sort of backwater sites and things like that. Anyway, yeah. not real like any sort of uh, integrity to them, and a lot of them, um, a lot of people not so savory people in my humble opinion have sort of co-opted Boudicca as like this British heroine and like a symbol of defending British values and the British way of life and things like that Uh, and I just find that so ironic that it's like you you obviously don't know anything about her because like she isn't anything close to what British is today no. i know technically neither neither to welsh or to what yeah. welsh is today but, but she wouldn't be part of this Britain. she wouldn't no definitely not i mean she you know she fought <laughs> to her death yeah. to to avoid sort of being colonized by rome so yeah yeah it, it, it's very uh, i don't like the idea that she's a sort of british symbol of uh i don't know like patriotism yeah it's, uh, yeah it's yeah yeah i think people do that a lot don't they they co-opt people from the past who've either not very good people or would be have nothing like they're, they're not yeah i know what you mean yeah i don't want to get into it because i know they were there yeah. yeah there's some people like that who we do today who people see as a hero where lots of who are probably villainous <coughs> yeah, <Churchill>. absolutely. <laughs> i'm not gonna get into it i'm just gonna plant that there that throw that little grenade in yeah <laughs> yeah all right well this again is a lunchtime record hence no cans we are sans cans mm. But, um, Sounds cans today again. Yeah. Um, next week we're probably going to do Gwen Xi'an, uh, so another female hero, um, and it's yeah it, we're, that I'll be covering that one, and we're going to do it with some Bevs because we're back on the booze wagon, baby. Yeah, the next one's Bevs, baby. Yeah. I think we got a double double bill next time. Is that right? Yeah, but so I'm just be... coming back. I'm off to Glastonbury now, and I'll be back from Glasgow next week. So I'll be a fucking shell. I'll be like you shell post uh, post your rock festival, baby. Oh, we're gonna do the switch the uh, rolls up. You're yeah. gonna be a bit sort of dishevelled and a bit broken, and I'll <laughs> yeah. be going. I'm so fucking here. I'm getting I'm hammered tonight, man. This, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I, I enjoyed wait. that, mate. Um, Cheers, mate. Yeah, and to everyone else, please continue uh, listening and sharing it with your mates and get behind our socials, which is Tales for Wales podcast on Instagram. I think is a number four, 
and it's Tales for Wales on Insta, uh, sorry, Twitter. Um, drop us a message, um, leave us comments on what you want us to cover. Um, yes, someone's we're dropped us a message. The comments at the moment, and we've got yeah. a, a run of comments going. We're very much enjoying them. Someone's left us a message to watch something called, oh, it's called like The Valley or The Hive or. Uh, the valley, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll get around that, um, and yeah, drop us a five star. If you leave us a review, we'll read it out on the show. And we love you loads. Goodbye forever. Ta-da, 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 ta-da. Peace.